Welcome to this, the 12th in a rambling series, Talking Terminal Today. Another in-law tale, a really good, interesting one with a bit of an inversion on the notion. A couple of comments about some newspaper articles and books. And of course, to help you with your sleep, some more music that will both accommodate insomniacs and jar plenty. I hope you enjoy it. Any comments, don't hesitate to email me at jeremy at talkingterminal.com. And if you want to make a contribution, do the same or just text me or do something by way of communication. I hope you enjoy it. So I thought we might start with the in-law issue. Not an issue, but just some fun. And I've been talking to my good friend, Maggie. Hey, Jeremy. Um, I committed this dreadful deed when I went down to my son and daughter-in-laws to help out with a new baby. I mean, our lovely little Christina was about five and a half months. And in particular, it was useful to have Nana there because mum was going back to, to work. So, you know... Always handy. Always handy. Time. Well, well, on the first day when things were, were quiet, I, I, you know, baby was sleeping and parents were out at work. I, I set to, to to do a bit of cleaning and happened upon the, the fridge, which, you know, I, I set to and did a really thorough job, much more thorough than I do at home. Polishing things up, checking things out, and, you know, Old trays, I was defrosting this, that, and the other, and, and sort of done a thoroughly good job. And, of course. And, and so I went on with the kitchen and, and, and so on. It wasn't until later that night that uh, dear daughter in law asked me where, where the breast milk was. And uh, of course, dear Susanna had carefully and lovingly pumped all this wonderful breast milk into these tiny little pots <laughs> and, and, and placed them carefully at the back of the fridge. And of course, mother-in-law, me, being you know, so unused to this sort of thing, had opened these little pots, thought they looked rather yellow, sort of yellowy curd, and just decided it was a rather bizarre collection of off-cream. And uh, of course, I'd, I'd cleared them out. <laughs> how, much trouble did you, how much trouble did you get into? I mean, my daughter-in-law, <laughs> I think, you know, just initially couldn't believe I'd done such a silly thing and nor could I I mean the moral of the tale is always ask I mean I was mortified knowing that with my children I couldn't produce diddly squat in terms of pumping from any breast <laughs> although I did breastfeed both children I, I just couldn't breastfeed I couldn't, couldn't use a breast pump. pump nothing came out I knew I'd thrown away the equivalent of, of gold dust or <laughs> Or more. It's classic. So, so that's my dreadful have you tale. Have you, made up? Some... have you made up since? Of course you have. It's a lovely story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have it... we made up? I mean, she was very good about it, apart from being shocked in disbelief that I could have thrown out this precious resource. <laughs> um, she uh, she did forgive me. Of course. Um, How could I mean, one not? I shall never forget it, and nor will she. Well, thank you. Look... <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, oh that's a lovely, lovely tale. Thank you, Maggie. I really appreciate oh. it. Well, that was good fun, wasn't it? Uh, next week, I've got an equally amusing story that somebody has kindly agreed to tell us. So to books, I've got two on the, the go at the moment. One of them sits on the bookshelves 
in pristine condition. I wonder if it's regularly cleaned by its author. And it is magnificent in its approach to style. Indeed, it's called Plain, Simple, Useful, The Essence of Conran's Style by Terence Conran. I've no idea where the book came from. It may be my wife's, but it doesn't look like it's been read. So I've been glancing through it, and it gives you an enormous number of fascinating ways of approaching style in your house, most of which strike me as being either diabolically expensive or utterly inappropriate, such as stacking plates no more than eight high on shelves to avoid chipping, regularly reviewing the shelves and throwing away the chipped plates. But it has some glorious suggestions about the way in which to store things and lay things out. Appropriately, it has a number of projects, including its first project, which is a drinks cupboard. I've always believed that the key to plain, simple and useful living is good organisation, which entails both keeping a firm grip on possessions and providing enough dedicated storage space to house them efficiently. Good if you're not living in a tower hammer, it's flat. Anyway, a lovely book with lots of beautiful images and well worth a glance. Probably get it from the library. The second book I noticed on the shelves was one that... I was given in 1965 by my great aunt, a great aunt Diana, who was a fascinating character in her own right, and I may well try and tell a story about her in the not too distant future. The reason I am fascinated by this book, it's called Knights of the Crusades by the editors of Horizon magazine, the author Jay Williams, in consultation with the curator of the cloisters at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, New York City, Margaret B. Freeman. And the reason I'm fascinated is because I have in my adult life, been fairly, not obsessed, but really interested in two things, the Paris Commune and the Crusades. And I've no idea why I've been interested in the Crusades at all. And then I happed upon this book and suddenly realised that its antecedents were probably ones that had sowed seeds in my mind. It's a marvellous book with beautiful illustrations, proper text, probably not a text suitable for what was I 10 at the time, a little bit more sophisticated, but a glorious description of the Knights of the Crusades, how they behaved, how they lived, what their purpose was, and the processes of things like the sacking of Constantinople, how to be a perfect knight, the twilight years of knights, the capture of Jerusalem, etc. So great read, but also a really good explanation about my historic obsessions. Reassuringly, and it's the only book on the shelves like it, I must have loved this book so much that it is covered in a thin plastic film, which used to be available for books. Looks a little bit scatty now and a little bit worn, but a lovely, lovely book. So that is that. So to music, you cannot easily escape. I obtained a new keyboard which had some music built into it rather than the system I currently use to compose. Sadly, whilst it was not the cheapest item I've ever bought, it arrived broken. One of the keys was broken completely and has gone back. But before it did so, having unpacked it, which took a long time, I decided to have a bash at a piece, and here it is. 
I do hope you enjoyed that. Noticeably for me, it had a beginning, a middle and an end. I've struggled with ends, which may be symbolic of talking terminal, of course, but it did have all three of those and I I hope it gave you some pleasure. I wanted before finishing this podcast just to mention some things from the press while making the podcast. There's been a lot in the press and the news media about the government's decision to impose a 14-day quarantine on people returning from Spain. There is something very congruent about this for me because any regular listener or reader of the blog will know I've struggled with the issues of not being able to properly plan my life because of the three-weekly cycle of chemotherapy and not knowing when I will be well enough to do things and when I won't. In theory, the last week to 10 days of the cycle are the best days, but that doesn't always work out. And thus making plans to do things I really want to do become very fraught. I've spent more money on things I've had to cancel than things I've actually done when it comes to doing them outside of the house. Why this is congruent is because I felt quite sorry for myself about this and suddenly I realise I'm not alone and there's 1.4 million people who've planned to go to Spain who sadly will now either not go or find themselves confined when they get back for 14 days. I'm not critical of the government because I do believe that if the rate of virus has increased threefold in a country from a not a standing start by any means it's not a bad idea to be protective of those people who've been exposed in that country i recognize that there may be some more subtlety to be introduced around different regions of spain and i certainly feel that minorca and mallorca who have very low rates are much safer from what i've read where do i read all this mainly the new york times which makes use of world health organization data and provides a superb mapping the process showing hotspots around the world well worth a look anyway i'm going away for three days i'm well enough and i'm going to a hotel with my wife and friends my wife being one of those friends of course and i look forward to another podcast early next week meantime have a great week and enjoy yourselves thank you so much for not falling asleep (laughs) 